Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living in today's world. Here is your host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. And I'm excited today to tell listeners about our new website. You can uh, find out more about the show at theyogahour.com. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show, and our topic today is Living in Peace, the Secret of a Happy Life. I'm really delighted to be joined today by Nayaswamis Jyotish and Devi. They serve as spiritual directors of Ananda Sangha Worldwide, founded by Swami Kriyananda, direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. Jyotish is the author of several books on meditation and related subjects and is the creator of Meditation Therapy. Davy is the author of Faith is My Armor, The Life of Swami Kriyananda. And the two of them are co-authors of the book we are talking about today, A Touch of Peace, Living the Teachings of Bahamahansa Yogananda. You can find out more about Swami's, Naya Swami's, Jyotish and Devi and their programs at their website, ananda.org slash Jyotish and Devi. So welcome to you both, Naya Swami's, Jyotish and Devi. I'm really delighted for you to join me today on the show. Thank you. We're delighted, too. It's a nice day to have a good conversation. <laughs> Indeed. And I also want to thank you, Laura, for inviting us. And uh, it's a joy to share with all your listeners on the Yoga Hour. Great. So before we dive into our dialogue about living in peace, the secret of a happy life, let's begin, as we try to begin all of our programs, with a yoga moment, a moment of bringing ourselves fully present before we begin. So let's first begin by just bringing ourselves present mentally, letting go of any concerns about anything that may have happened earlier today, and any thoughts or worries about what we might need to do later. Let's just be right here, right now, and bring our attention to our bodies, feeling our bodies in space, feeling the surfaces that support our body. Perhaps our feet are on the ground. Perhaps we're sitting in a chair or on a cushion. Perhaps we're walking, but feeling the surfaces that support our body. 
And then bringing the attention to the breath. And just noticing as we take a fully conscious inhale and exhale. Continuing to follow the breath, not trying to change its natural flow. On the next inhale, feeling the cool air in the nostrils. And on the next exhale, feeling the warm air flowing out. And as we rest here, right here and right now, here's something to contemplate from the Yoga Hours founder and spiritual director, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien's book, Living for the Sake of the Soul. At the core of our being, we are naturally peaceful. Notice if your thoughts become overly critical or judgmental, always looking for something that needs doing or fixing, and never experiencing satisfaction. That is the mind influenced by the restless tendency in nature. Like a windstorm, it blows up a dust cloud of dissatisfaction. To calm this restless tendency in the midst of being active, use awareness of your breath to bring forth peace. A moment of mindful breathing will stop the storm. Om. And with that, once again, Nayaswami's Jyotish and Devi, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. Thank you. So we had a wonderful conversation last year on the auspicious anniversary of Yogananda's arrival in the United States a hundred years ago. It was an especially engaging conversation since both of our teachers, Swami uh, Kriyananda and Ellen's teacher, Roy Eugene Davis, were direct disciples of Yogananda. So let's talk about that for a minute. So how do the spiritual teachings of Yogananda inspire your life? Well, maybe I'll start. I would say they more than inspired, they formed my life. I read the autobiography of a yogi uh, when I was quite young. I was 23 at the time. And shortly after that, I met Swami Kriyananda. But throughout my college years, I had been, and, and high school too, I'd been searching for meaning and for especially an understanding of what consciousness was and studied psychology. But I had no answers until I read that book. And it answered so many things and opened up so many uh, broad vistas that I never even imagined that I quickly started taking classes with Swami Kriyananda and then uh, became his assistant and so I, I would just say that my life has been completely formed around the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and trying to live them and share them. Mm -hmm. And I'll add my experience as well, Laura. Um, I think it's fair to say that most people at a certain point in their life they're looking for life directions. What, what am I going to do? What am I going to become? What career to pursue? 
what, where will I live? There's so many options available in today's world. And I, I was in college, I was a very bright student and studying anthropology and cultural anthropology. But I just kept trying to project, what am I going to do with my life? I, I, nothing, I don't see anyone who seems to have real meaning in their life. Mm. And then I, my last semester of college, I met someone who was a disciple of Yogananda, and he gave me autobiography of a yogi to read. Um, not a direct disciple, but uh, someone who was studying his teachings. And I began reading it. And then this same fellow told me about a place called Ananda, which was just getting founded. We just, July 4th, 1969. So we just had our 52nd anniversary on the 4th of July. And wow. Congratulations on that. Wow. And and I, I just, I was hungry to try, what, what gives one's life meaning and purpose? And then I, I was reading autobiography. I came to Ananda. I began listening to Swami Kriyananda, who was the founder of Ananda. And as you mentioned earlier, direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. And as I listened to him share the teachings, I, I knew that this was what the meaning and purpose of life that I've been looking for all along. And I didn't decide at that moment it was what I was going to do with my life, but I just took each step. And each step was more and more fulfilling and more and more enriching. And it just became, 52 years have gone by since then. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it seems like a day. It's been yeah. a very rewarding life to pursue these teachings. Oh. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing a bit of your history. So um, in 2017, you received the Global Ambassador Peace Award for bringing Yogananda's spiritual wisdom to life today to help foster world peace. And it was conferred at the United Nations from the Institute of International Social Development. And now you have just published this book that we're going to be talking about today, uh, A Touch of Peace, Living the Teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. So um, what inspired you to compile this collection of blogs on the topic of peace at this time? Well, I think it's in part a response to the conditions of the world right now. That there's so much anger, there's so much uh, discord, and obviously during uh, each of our books is a compilation of two years worth of blogs, so 104 blogs, a weekly blog. And so the ones for this year, the, this book started in 2019 and 2020. And um, so much of that year, those two years, was uh, taken up with people's concerns about the pandemic and all of the resulting um, concerns and fears and discord that that brought up. And it just seemed that one of the principles that Yogananda said is that when there is a negative reaction, you should try to put out the energy in the positive opposite of that negative reaction. So if you're angry, you should put out 
uh, energies of peace. And we just felt a lot of anger in the world and uh, discord. And so it felt like to do our little part, it was important that we put out uh, blogs that um, were, I don't know, invoked a sense of peace, a sense of hope, a sense of direction that were practical and inspiring at the same time. And just to clarify what Jatish was saying, um, this is our fourth book of compiled blogs in the series. We started uh, 2013, that was A Touch of Light, and there was A Touch of Joy, that was uh, 1516, uh, 1718 was A Touch of Love, and now 2019-2020, Touch of Peace. So we've been, we've, uh, we've written over 400 blogs, but uh, as Jatish was saying, we really tried to focus this year not only on peace as an antidote to the negative energy of, you know, disharmony and hatred that was surging up, but also people were so anxious. People were afraid, you know, with the pandemic, how do we find peace in this world where everything is uh, is uncertain? And so we really try to give people practical advice and spiritual tools to find calmness and equanimity in a time of uh, turmoil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed reading about your process of creating the blogs and the preface of the book you talk about um, sometimes not knowing what you're going to write about in your weekly blog and just being open to inspiration about what thinking about what your readers might need to read at that time. And and I agree, this has been a time that has been really rife with anxiety and worry and fear as, especially as we dove into the pandemic and we never imagined at the beginning that it would be as devastating as it has been for people. And also at the beginning, we didn't really know much about the virus and how it was transmitted. And so there was, of course, a lot of fear about the unknown that, you know, we're in a really different place, but it has certainly taken quite a long time to get here. And now that, you know, many people are vaccinated now and life is kind of opening up again, but, um, at any rate, so, um, you write a lot about Yogananda's uh, teachings, of course, about uh, peace. Yogananda taught that we must first find peace within ourselves and that once we have inner peace, we can share it with the world. Yogananda wrote, affirm divine calmness and peace and send out only thoughts of love and goodwill if you want to live in peace and harmony. Live a godly life yourself and everyone who crosses your path will be helped just by being with you. That's from his uh, spiritual diary from uh, June 5th. So um, really uh, lovely words about affirming this divine calmness and peace within ourselves. And as you were, you were speaking, it uh, struck me that this is one of the teachings that is talked about in, um, I think, both the Bhagavad Gita and the Yoga Sutras about, you know, sort of practicing the opposite <laughs> of of uh, what we're feeling, you know, that we, you know, we need to find this inner peace, um, which at times, obviously, is very challenging as we each face life's trials. So there was, in one of the blog posts, you talk about how seabirds weather violent storms. 
So they're caught, they're out at sea, they're flying around, and all of a sudden, you know, are, are these, you know, very strong winds, perhaps it's a hurricane. So can you share that story for our listeners? Okay, well, uh, that was a blog I wrote, so I'll pick this one up. We, we alternate every other week, so uh, <laughs> we both have our fair share. Um, this was a beautiful story that someone had sent to us, and, you know, just to touch a bit about the process of writing the blogs, because I know you were interested in that. Um, we try to be very, it's a, actually a great joy to do them because we try to be very open all the time. God, give us, show us what people need to hear this week. Show us, give us a beautiful story or an incident or some conversation, inspiring conversation with a friend. And then, then you kind of, it's like you have your antenna open all the time. And then you kind of sense, oh, this is what needs to be said this week. So it's quite an inspiring process. But this particular story that you're talking about, the little bird, somebody had sent us this, that um, in hurricane winds, there's this violent, uh, you know, swirling mass of, of both debris and wind. And uh, how little frail birds survive rather than trying to push out against the wind, they, uh, a biologist have observed that they fly with the current of the wind. And then finally, they uh, are just at the calm center of the storm. Well, this applies to our karma. This is a, an allegory for our <clears throat> whatever happens to us in life, particularly for good, bad, challenges, successes, <clears throat> It's all an expression, a reflection of past karma or actions. And so if we're trying to, if a challenge is coming to us, we can go several ways with it. We can deny it and say, well, this isn't happening. We can blame it on other people. Well, it's their fault. Uh, we can just, you know, there are many ineffective ways to deal with it, with our karma. But when the swirling winds of karma are with us, are fighting against us, if we can say, let me accept them, let me go with this, not in defeat or surrender or capitulation, but with strength. And I will live through this and I will come out the other side. And this is, Christ says in the Bible, and it's a misunderstood passage, Yogananda interpreted, he said, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. And this is often interpreted uh, traditionally as saying, okay, you hit me once, come and hit me again. But Yogananda, who was a spiritual warrior, really, uh, he just said, no, that's it's talking about karma. And if karma is coming to you, then say, bring it on. Let me deal with it. Let me work through this. And so that's what that story really represents, rather than pushing back and resisting to say, whatever karma I have started in the past, let me understand it and let me deal with it. And let me, if it's bringing in negative uh, in aspects into my life, then let me choose to live in a different way so this doesn't happen again. So it's actually a very, it's a very important analogy. And thank you for bringing it up. Mm -hmm. So, you ask in the book is obviously as we each face our our own little hurricane and the winds of karma are 
whirling around us. And it sounds like a great idea to sort of go with that, with our inner source of strength the, and, you know, go to that calm center in the, in the midst of life storm. How do we do that? So what, what steps do you recommend to people in terms of being able to really bring that to life, live that? Well, the first and most ex- important step is to accept what's coming to us as being beneficial. Now, this in and of itself is very hard. So if disease is coming or uh, some sort of financial challenge to say, this is good for me, is a very difficult but absolutely essential first step. Because uh, whatever comes to us is trying to move us in the direction of our own spiritual and conscious evolution. And so if we fight against that, It has to hit us harder in order to move us by accepting it, then we move in the the right direction. Uh, Swami Kriyananda put it this way, imagine a force coming toward you. Let's say there's a, a ball that's being thrown that represents your karma. If you resist it, and especially if you push against it, you're running into that ball and you're uh, momentum plus the ball's momentum is added together. But if you're trying to move in the same direction that that ball is trying to move you in, so you're running with the direction of the ball, then it may just tap you on the shoulder. And so the first and most important step is to accept the things that come to us as a positive uh, lesson, even though they may be hard for our own spiritual growth. And then the next step is to really try to move your energy in a positive direction. So one one step is acceptance, but that can be both passive and kind of begrudging. But then to try to get your energy moving. So every night, if you do a little self-analysis, and say, what happened today? What is the lesson? What do I need to do about it? And Yogananda has a beautiful poem. Uh, it's a long poem called God, God, God. But there's one verse that says, when boisterous storms of trial shriek, and when worries howl at me, I will drown their noises loudly chanting, God, God, God. So really, it comes down to faith that God is with you, holding on to God's hands through the trials, inwardly. And that's made possible through a practice of meditation. Really, that we can't stress enough how valuable meditation is, because it's through that practice that you can stand in that calm, inner center of peace. And whatever storms come around you, Yogananda also said the yogi should stand unshaken, amidst the crash of breaking worlds. Mm-hmm. And it's we're kind of living in breaking worlds right now. And that's why we really encourage people to learn how to meditate and to practice it regularly, because that's where you find the inner resources to deal with the trials that come. Mm-hmm. Such good advice and, and advice that I have 
found so helpful in my own life. I think people who have a regular meditation practice are, um, well, this will just underline it for them. Of course, this is one of the benefits of, of meditation is that then when trials do come, we are able to access that inner, our inner core of our inner essence of, of peace, our inner essence of joy, uh, unconditional, unconditional peace, unconditional joy, which obviously means not dependent on the conditions that are surrounding us. And therefore, it's something that we can hold on to uh, regardless. So in the last couple of minutes here before the break, you write that Yogananda's approach is dynamic attunement to the will of God. We need to practice attuning to God's will during the little daily challenges that come to us. Then when a big karmic storm comes, we'll be ready. <laughs> so can you just maybe say a little bit more about that? Yes. Yogananda said that uh, he, he said there were two highest prayers that he gave, but this one is very pertinent to this. He said, I will reason, I will will, and I will act, but guide thou my reason, will, and activity to the right path in everything. And so that's, that's, that was his highest prayer. And so what he was saying is that if we tune in to the divine guidance that is helping us or coming toward us or whatever we're dealing with, then that has its own intelligence that will help guide us properly through these, these trials. If we reject it or ignore it, then we do so at our own peril. That's very well said. And uh, by the way, Davy, I, I really enjoyed that little bit of Yogananda's poem, God, God, God. It's such a really love, it's a much longer poem than the little bit that you read. And if listeners aren't familiar with it, I'd encourage you to, I'm sure if you just even Googled it, <laughs> Yogananda's poem, God, 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 you'd find it. And it's uh, it's quite inspirational. So highly, highly recommended. So you're listening to The Yoga Hour with guests Nayaswamis Jyotish and Devi. As spiritual directors of Ananda, they travel the world sharing Paramahansa Yogananda's teachings and the path of Kriya Yoga. We're talking about Yogananda's advice and path to living in peace, the secret of a happy life. You can find out more about the Nayaswamis at their website, ananda.org slash Jyotish and Davy and Jyotish is J-Y-O-T-I-S-H dash and dash Davy D-E-V-I. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us through our website, theyogahour.com. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, host and producer of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about living with inner peace. We'll be right back. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. We're glad you found us. 
This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour, insights and practices for spiritually conscious living. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. This is Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I'm here today with Naya Swami's Jyotish and Devi. Before the break, we had just started to touch on the topic of the importance of meditation and helping us find this inner peace. So would one of you like to pick that up and say a little bit more? Sure, I'll pick it up. Um, you know, the daily practice of meditation has incredible benefits for us. Um, now, we used to, Davey and I have been teaching uh, meditation for 50 years, and we used to just be able to talk anecdotally, but now we can talk about actual scientific studies of which there are thousands now showing positive brain changes, positive behavioral changes, um, things that help us overcome negative habits and so on. But the practice of meditation, essentially stilling the mind, uh, Yogananda talked a lot about withdrawing the energy, the practice of watching the breath that we did early um, in the show. All of those practices help us uh, bring the mind into a state of stillness and calmness. And it's like in, in that state, it's like looking at uh, a pond. The restless mind prevents us from seeing down into the depths of the pond because it's it's got all the ripples on it. But when it's calm and still, uh, I grew up in Minnesota, I could see down 20 feet into the clear waters there sometimes. So we can see the depths within ourselves and one of the qualities that that expansive still state, one of the qualities that comes is peace. Yogananda said that uh, he talked a lot about super consciousness, which is the minds in its expanded state. He said the first stage of super consciousness is peace. And then as you go deeper into that peace, it expands into bliss or endless joy. And so uh, the practice of meditation is really, especially for these difficult times, uh, the best thing we can do. I know that people struggle with finding uh, time and regularity, but uh, we divert ourselves with so many things that if we could just find a little time for meditation, it would pay enormous benefits for us. And I'll just add a little story here. <clears throat> Once uh, we have a, a lovely yoga and meditation retreat that is, right now it's not open to the public due to the pandemic, but we will be reopening uh, hopefully in the fall. But there was a woman who was visiting here for the first time, brand new to yoga and meditation. And she, uh, Swami Kriyananda was with us at the time and she went up to him and said, oh, uh, Kriyananda, I, I don't understand it. I feel so happy being here. What is it? Is it the 
the good air? Is it the water? Is it the people? What is it? And Swami gave her a wonderful answer. He said, you're experiencing the joy of your own being, of your own self. Mm -hmm. And that's what meditation gives us. Mm -hmm. It's to experience the joy of our own self. And we can try to experience that through every outward thing in the world you could name. And it will never fulfill us in the way that we find that fulfillment in deep meditation or even shallow meditation, but regular meditation. Mm -hmm. And again, Swami Kriyananda, when someone said to him, I don't have time to meditate. He said, you brush your teeth every morning, don't you? And every evening the person said, yes. He said, however long you take to brush your teeth, start with that for the amount of time you meditate and then you'll want to do more. So it's a good image. You know, we have regular little rituals of things that are relatively unimportant. Make a ritual of something that is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe misremembering this, but wasn't it Yogananda who, if he had a really, really busy day, he actually would do more meditation <laughs> because, he, because he wanted to make sure that he could make it through a really busy day. So the more pressured his time began, it wasn't that he decrease the time of his meditation, he actually increased the time of his meditation. Uh, so, we have one of our teachers who has an amusing sense of, uh, of humor, and he said, well, instead of prepaying for things, we should pre-pray for things. Right, Meaning right. We should meditate and try to offer up whatever is going to, if it's a busy day, to pre-pray for that day, to meditate and then offer it up, and, and uh, um, then then we don't get charged any interest on it. Mm, nice. Um, as I as you were speaking, I was remember I was trying to remember about who was it that said about if they had a busy day, they doubled the time meditation. I actually think it was Saint Lynn, wasn't it? If he had a really busy a busy uh, day, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm, Apologize yeah, so, for saying something that I didn't that I did I don't know exactly who attributed uh, to attribute to, but I yeah. I do know that that's uh it's an interesting and challenging way to look at being busy, isn't it? That's that right. perhaps we get so many benefits from meditation that it's worth it, even more so on the on the times that we're that we're very very busy. That's right, Laurel. You know, just to fill out that story because it's an important one. Uh, Saint Lynn, who you mentioned, he was a self-made millionaire and on the board of directors of many big corporations, but he wouldn't come into work till 11 o'clock every day. And his associates would say, how can you afford not to do it? And he was at home meditating. And he said, I can't afford not to do it. You know, I, this is what enables me to do what I do because it gives me focus, clarity of mind, high energy, and uh, just a creative super conscious approach to everything I do. He was able to come to decisions that would take other people weeks or months. He could come to them immediately because his mind was so totally focused and that it was largely the practice of meditation, deep meditation. Mm -hmm. I was glad that you actually mentioned the super conscious, super conscious meditation since that is the keystone, I think, of Kriya Yoga practice is to do the super conscious meditation and to turn our attention within, to have a focal point that we return to. And I think when people perhaps don't have a meditation practice, they somehow think that they're going to be sitting and just thinking about their thoughts. 
and that may be um, a negative to them. They think, well, who would want to do that? <laughs> the idea is that that's not what you're doing at all, that it is beyond the conscious mind. And, and how do we do that? Well, there are many, many techniques to help us interiorize our attention and then to have this focal point that we return to again and again and again that sort of keeps our conscious mind con- con- contained. And then uh, meditation proceeds it's kind of miraculous, actually. That's not something that we make happen. It's something that we allow to happen. It's our, it's our natural, it's a natural process. Right. It certainly is. In, in many ways, the biggest challenge is just to break the momentum of restlessness that drives us all the time, and just sitting for two minutes or a minute. And uh, calming down and watching the breath can break that cycle. So it doesn't have to be hours at a time. It can be several times during the day just to calm down. Uh, I mean, even Apple Watch now has an uh, app on it to help you breathe for a minute. <laughs> I love it when there's technology that can help <laughs> us remember something like that. That's great. We had a friend who was uh, a nurse in an emergency ward in a, a hospital, and uh, she was a meditator. And she would there was no place in the emergency room to where she could meditate. But during her lunch break, she would go and sit in her car in the parking lot, and she would meditate just you know maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then have her lunch, and then go back. And everyone else, all of her colleagues just said, how is it you're so calm? We're just facing emergencies all day long here. And she, she told them it's because I meditate and I'm able to withdraw and get centered in myself again. Okay. So it's a very practical, useful tool. Mm-hmm. So one of the blog posts that you write is the 10 portals to joy. And I thought it would be fun to talk about some of them. I don't Think we'll be able to talk about each all of them but why don't you each take one of these 10 portals to joy that you write about and uh and say a little bit more about that how is that a, a, a portal to joy and i believe there's a little affirmation that goes along with each of them and i think that might be helpful for our listeners so do you which of you would like to start i'll start and i'll just uh so this is a blog called thank you for uh drawing the attention to it Laurel, and we start with the quote, one of my favorite quotes from Yogananda uh, in the first paragraph, life is a struggle for joy all along the way. May I fight to win the battle on the very spot where I now am. That has stood me in good stead over the years. Yeah, I say. yeah. can you say that one more time? Because I actually really do love that. Okay, this is from Metaphysical Meditations, so if you're trying to find the source. Life is a struggle for joy all along the way. May I fight to win the battle on the very spot where I now am. It's a wonderful guide for life. So I'll just, there are 10 portals here, and I'll just start with the first one. And um, it's do something you love. And this is so important because in when we take up spiritual teachings or practices, there's the old mindset, it's got to be hard and it's got to be self-sacrifice and denial and all that. But Yogananda, his name, 
yoga means joy. Uh, And yoga is uh, yoga bliss. So it's bliss through yoga. And, um, And what he was trying to show us is that life is joy and that we should find joy in our daily life. It's so important. Not to say, oh gosh, I have to cook dinner tonight. What I'm tired. What a bummer. No, just think, oh, I get to be creative and put together a beautiful meal for people I care about or for myself alone. And um, whatever it is, find something that brings that you love and do it. That will. It, it can be the and and then <laughs> the kind of counterpart of that is find something you don't like doing and bring joy to it. That's a huge uh, uh, gift to be able to do that. And then for each of these, for each of the portals, you give a a password. And the password for this one, which is an affirmation, I enjoy. So just to really bring joy into your daily life and whatever you're doing from the most humble to the most exalted thing. So that's the first portal of joy. Now, Jatish will share another one. So um, I'm going to share the portal number five from the blog, but uh, it is uh, the, the subject of it is tell someone they're appreciated. Yogananda said to a group of his disciples, If you only knew how beautiful you are, I see all of you as light. Um, In another blog in this book, I quote a study done at UCLA uh, that is absolutely fascinating. They had a group of students, many of whom were dealing with uh, some depression or difficulties in their life. And this was a controlled experiment. But the important thing is that they had uh, a group of students write letters of appreciation. They did it three times a week for three weeks. So that was nine letters and and true letters of appreciation. And they were measuring uh, blood samples to see the, you know, the chemical makeup. They were doing brain studies. you know, functional MRIs and so on. But what they found was that the act of appreciation or the act of being grateful changed the brain, changed the blood chemistry, and most importantly, helped these students be much happier than they were. And the effect lasted for months afterwards. So uh, Yogananda also said that we are blessed by that which flows through us. So when appreciation or gratitude flows through us, we're the ones that are most blessed for it. And so uh, just to stop and tell somebody, I appreciate you or thank you for that is going to uplift them and uplift yourself. And the password for this is I care. I love it. All right. We have two passwords now. I enjoy and I care. Um, There were a lot of uh, quotes. Um, The bottom line to having and spreading peace is to find the bliss 
or joy of our own soul and then share that with others. So you mentioned uh, one of the quotes, uh, which I love about life is a struggle for joy all along the way. Um, here's another one from uh, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. The laughter of the infinite God must vibrate through your smile. Let the breeze of his love spread your smiles in the hearts of men. Their fire will be contagious. That's from Spiritual Diary. Uh, here's the one from Swami Kriyananda. Joy is the solution, not the reward. And I love that because it it, it unhitches joy from something that we feel after something, after we get something, and it and it actually points to that is actually inherent, that we can contact this joy of our souls and feel it again unconditionally. So again, joy is the solution, not the reward. Uh, Ray Eugene Davis said, when you are soul-centered and happy, all people are benefited by your self-knowledge and happiness. Let your soul light freely shine. And then the last one, Yogacharya O'Brien, a sure sign of awakening is the presence of unconditional joy. So um, you write a lot about Yogananda. And I was wondering, what additional insights to peace do you think Yogananda would offer us today in this moment in, in our world. what? And I'd love to hear from each of you on that. So why don't you, one of you dive in. Well, I would say, you know, it's a little difficult to summarize because he would give many, many different uh, little suggestions. Uh, but I would say he would give us at least these suggestions. I give two of them. The first one is to don't uh, disconnect from those things that bring you unhappiness and uh, roil up your, your concerns and, and uh, lack of peace. So there are so many things that we choose. We choose music, we choose uh, videos, we choose movies, we choose friends, we choose lots of things. If we simply choose those to be positive rather than negative, to be those that bring us a sense of upliftment as opposed to those that that bring us down. There's a term that came to uh, fruition during the pandemic called doom scrolling, where you just sit there for a long time scrolling through news to look for things that worry you and bring you bring you down. So the first thing I would say is disconnect from that so that you can feel peace is innate in each of us. And so uh, it's, it's just finding a calm in this storm, finding the eye of the hurricane. And if you can get into that eye, meaning you have to get out of the winds of negativity, then you automatically are going to be able to find uh, the peace within yourself. So I would say disconnect from uh, from those things that rile up your mind. And secondly, try to, if you're lacking something, you think, oh, I'm needy, I have to have this, I have to have that. Go the opposite direction. If you want something, give it away. And so if you're feeling nervous or upset or anxious or angry, 
give peace to other people. Yogananda, I love this, said, shoot people with the buckshot of your smiles. <laughs> That's a great saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saw Swami Kriyananda, he just lived his life by giving positive energy to people. And if you can disconnect from negativity and give positivity, those two things will be, I think, the best way to find peace. I'll share a few additional thoughts, Laurel. Um, you know, Yogananda came to the West, as we talked about on the last show, in 1920. And he had a world mission. And he trained many wonderful disciples, two of which Roy Eugene Davis and Swami Kriyananda. But his role was to change consciousness. It wasn't just to bring people said, is this a new religion? No, it's not a new religion. It's a new, he would have said, it's a new expression of ancient teachings. And so it's what he brought reflects the teachings, the essential teachings of all religions, truly. And I think in today's world, things that we can <clears throat> really, really bring to uh, <clears throat> use very well. One, he talked about world unity, undivided world, seeing that God resides in all nations, in all people, in all uh, cultures, in all religions, in all walks of life, and to see the underlying unity in a time when people are trying to just divide, or not people are trying, there's a force that, no, you're different from me. You think this way, I think this way, you live this way, I live this way, we're different. And therefore, there can't be understanding and mutual acceptance to really try to accept and honor the diversity that exists in the world. And uh, this was one of his real uh, main tenets of what he brought. And to see the God in everyone, he, that's we so quoted that quote when Master was looking at a group of his disciples. And he said, I see you all as beings of light. And to try to see the God, even in the most <laughs> misguided person, to be open, to look for truth, not just opinion. I heard a quote from uh, a Buddhist teacher recently who said, if you don't have an opinion, that's the beginning of truth. And so let's just be open to people of all walks of life, embrace them as brothers and sisters in God. Mm. All right. Well, that was some wonderful advice for everyone, I think, of, of uh, seeing the light in, in each of us, which is the, the uh, namaste greeting, and also to um, find this inner peace. Uh, we've talked about meditation. Uh, we talked about a couple of portals to joy. So, um, I think we've given a, a pretty good overview of some ideas for people to access their own inner joy and peace and to share it with others. And that brings us right to the end of the, uh, uh, the, the show. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. 
I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo. We've been discussing living in peace, the secret of a happy life with the Nayaswamis Jyotish and Davy, co-authors of all the blogs that are collected in the book we're talking about today, A Touch of Peace, Living the Teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. You can find out more about Nayaswamis Jyotish and Devi and their programs at the website ananda.org slash jyotish dash and dash Devi. So thank you so much, Jyotish and Devi, for joining me today on the Yoga Hour. It's been a real pleasure, Laurel. Thank you for inviting us. Yes, thank you for your, again, we said this, before, but we feel like kindred spirits. Yes, absolutely. Um, for the next yoga hour, you listeners can join me when I will have guest Tari Prinster, a cancer survivor, master yoga teacher, and author of the book Yoga for Cancer. We will be discussing how yoga practice can address the specific physical and emotional needs of cancer patients and survivors. Also for listeners, we encourage you to join us in the many online programs offered by Yogacharya O'Brien and the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, including morning meditation, which occurs daily from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. Pacific, also daily afternoon meditation from 4 to 4.30 p.m. Pacific, and Sunday satsangs with, from 10 to 11 uh, every Sunday Pacific time each, uh, each week. So learn more about our online programs at ellengraceobrien.com csecenter.org and now the new The Yoga Hour website theyogahour.com can find enhanced content can find a way to sign up for our mailing list you can find um, the new blog I'm very very um, envious of the fact that you guys are so far along in the process you have 400 underneath over 400 now I'm sure underneath your belt that's really really impressive um, the Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, founder and spiritual director Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producers Ann Hayes and Mickey Coronado, and as always, Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, let your inner light shine into the world. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 